Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. Hello, we are well into the summer now, and as usual, so as every year, we are going to take a break in August. So this is our last episode of the summer. I hope that, like us, you were able to take a break, rest and reset, so that you can tackle the rest of the year. After this episode, we will be back in September with more amazing guests. Make sure that you follow me on LinkedIn, so that's Karen Jean-Francois on LinkedIn, where I will keep you updated on the podcast throughout the break. But for today's episode, I am joined by Nihao Wadavan, Director of Credit Risk at American Express. At the time of the recording, Niha was in India and announced that she was soon to move to London. Me being me, I shamelessly asked her if we could be best friends because I was so inspired by our conversation. In this episode, Niha talks about how she was able to successfully establish herself as a leader in an area she did not specialize in, but especially in a company where other leaders joined as graduates, meaning that they have a long tenure and they already have the, their network internally. You will find a structured approach to building strong relationships with stakeholders. Hear about Niha's objectives for her first three months at Amex, also about her approach to learning and how she keeps her team engaged and motivated. Hi, Niha. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women in Data podcast. It's a pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward to sharing my learnings with everyone who is going to listen to us today. Yeah, uh, and I can't wait to dig into that because... You are such an amazing and inspiring woman and just your achievements and the things that you're going to talk about today are really mind-blowing and interesting to me. So I guess before we get into the conversation, can I invite you to introduce yourself? I guess give a brief summary of your role, your responsibilities and of your career as well. Sure. I Let me start with my uh, current position at American Express. So at American Express, I am a director and I'm managing the data strategy uh, team for international markets. Focus of my role is to optimize uh, credit risk decisioning through data innovation and standardization of both internal and external data capabilities. So in my role, I work very closely with credit bureaus and other third-party data providers to co-create new data products as per uh, our, our requirements or enhance existing data products. So uh, now going back to where I started my career, right? So I started my career as an analyst in HSBC, where I was a campus recruit from Delhi School of Economics. In my first job, I learned SAS coding, and uh, I still do sometimes, and I, I just <laughs> love doing coding. Uh, and that is the place where I learned power, making PowerPoint decks and uh, dashboarding, and that was my first you know, exposure to analytics, and I just loved doing all of that. 
and I did that role for about 15 months and uh, then I made a shift to risk analytics within HSBC wherein I learned about uh, risk model validations. It was an interesting role but I wanted to do model development after knowing how model validation works. So I moved to a very small organization where I got the opportunity to learn and build credit risk scorecards. The learnings I had in that small organization they were like incredible. I got the opportunity to learn and build credit risk scorecards over there. They were basically collection scorecards and uh, whatever I learned in that small organization within nine months I have been still utilizing them in even in my current role you know the, oh, the wow. how, a, how a model is built what are the things you need to look at for the model the variable selection and all those sort of things I still have to use in my role the only reason I left that organization and made a shift to Accenture was that I did not enjoy risk analytics I, I I just could not connect with the concept of credit card industry or, you know, the lending industry. So I joined Accenture after that. And uh, in Accenture, I got the opportunity to work in the United States for various big clients of Accenture, by the way. And I used to do uh, customer analytics for clients in telecom, entertainment and e-commerce space. And uh, after working for Accenture for about uh, five and a half years, I moved to RBS, which is called NatWest. Uh, these days and uh, I was responsible for building a team from scratch and uh, my biggest contribution was to implement an omni-channel contact strategy for commercial portfolio of the bank. So I have always done you know commercial uh, customer analytics and uh, never enjoyed risk management. (laughs) However after working in analytics industry for more than 13 years when I decided to make a career shift and join Amex at a leadership position in the credit and fraud risk department I was very nervous but I was excited at the same time was because I knew that from my past that I I did not enjoy risk analytics. I, I just didn't like it. But I was excited because I was joining my dream company. So Amex was my dream company and I always wanted to work for Amex. So I was certain that no matter what, I will have to make it work. If I'm joining this organization now, be it in risk analytics or whatever, you know, difficult space I never enjoyed before, I'll have to make it work. So yeah, that's about my career journey starting from HSBC and now landing in American Express where I'm doing something which is totally different from where I started my career from. The fact that you're saying that you started in risk analytics and credit risk analytics particularly, and then you felt like this wasn't the space for you, you moved to marketing and now you're back in risk, right? Yes, I'm back in yeah. risk right now. So you, you're back in risk. But although at the beginning it wasn't something that you liked, you managed to make it work because now it's in your dream company. So yes. different kind of things. So there are quite a few pivots here in your career. <laughs> a few, a lot of experience moving to different countries, working with big companies and doing some super interesting things. And now that you've been at Amex, how long have you been at Amex for now? So it's uh, two years and four months. Okay. Yes. And I, I, and I never, you know, I have never done a role in risk analytics for more than nine months. My longest (laughs) stint in risk analytics has been nine months before I joined Amex. That's why I was nervous. (laughs) <laughs> it's like when you were saying I will have to make it work you definitely managed to make it work and doubled your your tenure yes I'm interested to know about so I guess one of the first thing we can really dig into is how you're establishing yourself as a leader in your new role so now you've been at Amex for more than two years having pivoted from marketing analytics to back to risk and some and also in a leadership position this time 
Right. How did you establish yourself in, in this new role? Okay, so yeah, as you said, I joined Amex at a leadership position. It's a director position, very senior position in Amex. And uh, when I joined Amex, I observed one thing that in Amex, leaders are groomed internally after, when they join straight out of college. So you will find a lot of people who just joined as an analyst straight from campus. And um, I knew I'll have to do more work to establish myself in the organization if I want to stand out and build my brand. Because in my opinion, if, if people were walking, I literally had to run, right? To, because yeah. I was already 13 years behind them. So there were a few things I tried, right? Uh, my role is a role in international uh, data strategy. So, so I have stakeholders sitting in various different countries. So what I did was I started speaking to them in the initial few weeks itself when I when I joined Amex and I started understanding their priorities. Why they were discussing those priorities with me because nobody else was looking at those. So I started exploring those areas where nobody had paid attention before. So I started by looking for opportunities and in order to successfully do that, I decided to play on my strengths. And my strengths lie in bringing insights out of data, stakeholder and team management, collaboration and communication. I know these are the skills everybody wants to build and I can you know, proudly say that in last 15 years, these skills I have built very well with the help of my leaders and mentors. So yeah, I have all these skills. These are my strengths. I have actually done roles uh, very it is it was not very clear at a granular level that what kind of deliverables team will be responsible for uh, so you know those details like this is what we will do in the next few months in order to achieve this the role i started in amex was literally like that so with my analysts we started exploring some use cases which nobody ever looked before and we generated insights which were very powerful and we got the opportunity to present the same at senior leadership level and it was well appreciated and uh, we received some valuable feedback which we further explored and implemented. That's actually very interesting because very often people face that problem, right? So it's trying to do something different. Something I've seen a lot is teams working on projects but then stakeholders not agreeing to push these forward or not agreeing to implement the project. So is that something that you faced? And if so, how did you overcome these challenges? Or did you take a specific approach that meant that no one could push back because of the work? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a very interesting question. Okay, because this is one of the questions I ask people as well when I'm interviewing them for my team. Like, tell me about a situation where you where a stakeholder was not in favor of your approach or something. So this is what I did with my team, right? I never went to any of my stakeholder with any of the projects when it was just in the space where we're just exploring it. We always divided the problem into certain steps and we will, we will work on one particular step and show the result it is showing and then only we'll go and discuss it with our stakeholders. So we will always have a clearly defined objective, a problem statement that this is what we are going to look at and it will be it will start at a very simple level. So for example, there is a variable in the data and uh, we want to just prove that whether it will add value to the model or not. So I'll just pick one single variable and try to do a risk profiling around it and if it is clearly showing a risk discrimination for the model, I'll go ahead and start presenting it to my stakeholders and start getting their feedback initially on. So never I have gone to any of my stakeholders without having a concrete outcome from what we are doing. So we have a clearly defined problem statement 
have a very clear and simple solution for that and present it to my stakeholders so that they can clearly understand what's happening behind it. So that's the approach I have always followed. So very clearly talk about what you are trying to do here. Okay. Now, we know, so you mentioned the fact that basically you focused a lot on your strengths yes. and leverage areas that people had not explored before to be able to position yourself in a company where people had been there for a while. So yes, I, I guess everyone already had their connections. So you had to squeeze in and create your own. But it was also a new role for you because yes. you had built your whole career in marketing analytics and then you came and started leading risk and fraud. So did you have to upskill or learn new things? My answer might be long, but I'll try and see how I can, you know, cover <laughs> everything I want to cover. So, you know, I, I started my job in February 2020, just a couple of weeks before COVID happened, right? So in the first week when I had my one-on-one -on -one with my functional leader, I prepared well for that connect. So I remember putting down a few, few questions to ask him. And the most important question I asked him that was, uh, what does he want me to focus on in order to make this role a success? As I said, right, it, it was a totally new role. Nobody knew what we wanted to do with this team. What my leader did was he gave me three very specific, clear goals to achieve in the next three months. And, mm. and the goals were as follows. He said the first goal for you is to build technical and functional knowledge in the area I'm going to lead the team on. Um, as I mentioned, I was making a career shift from marketing analytics to risk analytics. And risk analytics is sort of a specialized skill, right? So I needed to build my knowledge in this space. So that was the first goal to achieve in the next three months. The second was build relationship with key stakeholders, which was extremely critical as my role was global, which included working with teams across three different continents. And the third was build a team. I was the first hire in my team, actually, and I was responsible for setting up the team from scratch. And all that was happening when we were all, we all started becoming virtual, right? So three main goals. So if I go to the first goal, so the first goal, which he gave me was to build my technical and functional knowledge. So I, I had set up dedicated time in my calendar for my learning. And I would, I would usually start like two, three hours earlier than my usual office login time. And uh, my manager actually shared a lot of reading material with me. And on top of that, I used to research myself and reach out to people to learn more about data, business systems, etc. And uh, in fact, in order to understand the data better, I used to even write SAS SQL codes and just look at the output and how the data is looking like. One more thing I used to do is whatever I used to learn, I used to document it and share it and discuss it with my team because when we share and discuss, the learning increases. And uh, in fact, this is the way I... I have always kept up with my learning. So I dedicate few hours every week for my learning and I pick up various topics and sometimes they are technical, sometimes they are behavioral leadership topics. And uh, and I also believe that learning should never stop and I encourage my team and everyone to do the same. So, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Learning should never stop. So you mentioned the fact that you're learning different topics. Would you say that you have one week where you have a specific theme saying, I'm going to learn that this week and then focus on that? Or do you change on different days? So what I do is I pick one topic, right? And I try and get as much knowledge as possible on that particular topic over a period of time. And when I feel now I know enough about this concept, then I 
pick another topic. So I'll give you one example. So I have been recently exploring the binary paleto uh, space in the market, like what is happening in the market. So I wanted to learn about it. So I dedicated like two weeks on researching about binary paleto, learning about it from various different sources, and I had actually put together a deck which covers five different markets in the landscape of binary paleto in those markets. So yeah, I I I pick one topic and I keep reading about it, or you know, do, I even pick a course, right? I will even pick a course. It's a course course is for you know, it has a uh, eight hours duration. I will split it like one hour every day, and I'll finish it off in eight days. So that is how that is another approach I follow. So uh, that is how I keep up with my learning. Okay, and you just basically Google buy now, pay later, and then see yes what comes up. Or oh, okay. <laughs> I really like this approach because it means that, you know, you have a set period of time to learn about these yes. things. This is something that's very impactful for your role and you focus on it for two weeks and you're going to get as much knowledge as possible and then summarize it so that you can memorize it better and share the knowledge. This is really great. And another thing you said that I found interesting was to know the data better. You were asking to read people's code to know the data better. This is a great tip. Uh, and this is something I do, but because in my role, I'm still, I'm hands-on a, a good part of the time. When I join a company, I can read codes and then also I have to write codes and things like that. While leaders, most of the time, they're not that close to, to the data and to their code. So for you being able to actually read the code and understand what's going on, that means that you're much closer to the team yes. that you're going to hire because this was one of yes. the tasks you had to do was to I mean this is one thing I would never ever want to leave behind because if I don't understand how things work how will I teach my team members right if I have to okay so this is how you learned the the new things that your your manager asked you to <laughs> when you joined and then the next one was to build these strong connections with your stakeholders how did you do that sure so um As I mentioned, my team was new. Uh, the role was completely new, white space, and I was hiring for my team. So, so you know, before I reached out to my stakeholders, I asked myself, why should they speak to me, right? Because it's a new space. They have no clue about it. So this is how I approached it. I first spent time outlining key priorities and responsibilities for my team because I needed to let them know what my team will be responsible for. So based on my experience uh, into analytics space uh, and starting projects and teams from scratch, I had put together a charter which had clearly defined projects my team would undertake. And I, I aligned those projects and priorities with the overall de departmental objectives. And of course, I also took help from my functional lead and I got alignment with them. So once I had that clearly defined priorities for my team, I started sending out meeting invites to key stakeholders. And in the invite, I will clearly outline the agenda for the connect. So agenda will include my own introduction for my role the team's role and I, I also had put in the agenda that I would like to discuss their priorities and how we can collaborate to in order to achieve those priorities so after I had established a relationship with my stakeholders and started working closely with them those those one-on-ones initial one-on-ones were quite impactful after we did it in a structured mm. way so I make sure whatever priorities we started 
working on together i will keep a regular clear and consistent communication with all of them and just one more thing i want to add here during covid it was extremely difficult to find time in people's calendar as almost everybody was busy in assessing the impact of covid on our customers and how to protect customer not only only that people were having personally also a lot of challenges right so it yeah. was getting very difficult so that is why it was important for me to send out a well laid out agenda in advance to have a productive conversation and it's one of the most important thing to do for any meeting right always send out discussion points in advance and especially in virtual times so or in a hybrid work environment and this is a this is a crucial skill to develop that is how i achieved the second goal i mean it will be too much to say but i think most of my stakeholders love working with me uh, and my team <laughs> because they know if you are working with neha's team then things will definitely uh, get done on time and especially i mean I I haven't worked with you but just listening to how structured you are so the structured approach that you're taking to your project and to meetings as well I can totally believe that so I would love <laughs> I would love working with you too you know this is a realization I myself have had in the last 2 years especially working in virtual environment you can't waste people's time without going into a discussion without having you know uh, any data points to talk so we all are in meetings whole day so if you want to have something out of that meeting then just make sure that it's well laid out you know what you want to get out of that meeting yeah in my opinion it's very very important and it it yeah. actually helps you build stronger connections with your peers and your stakeholders and that helps also i must say people who are more introverted so i know at the yes. beginning i was struggling a lot with meetings because the expectations was i would go into a meeting and then just pick up and reply to any question that was thrown my way without knowing right. up front what the topic was going to be i struggled with that quite a lot so i remember asking my team director if he could send me the agenda up front so that right. i would know what what we would talk right. about prepare myself mentally i guess to to answer questions and the last thing you you were talking about was i can't remember now build the team all right yes one <laughs> one of them was the important thing right you can't yes, date without a team the last goal but actually the most critical part of my role was to build the team and uh, i just didn't want to build the team i wanted to build the best team so <laughs> and uh, i don't know i have this thing you know if i am creating something i just want it to be the best thing to be possible to be so initially my team was supposed to include two managers and three analysts but covid happened and we had a hiring freeze so i could not hire the two managers but but i had only two analysts with me uh, which i could hire before the freeze and i worked with them for four months uh, and after that i had another analyst who joined my team i actually work very closely with my team and my team size is 11 members excluding me so so these are some of the things i did to keep my team motivated and engaged uh, and most of these things i still do i i haven't changed anything around that so first thing is i interact with my team on a very regular basis and when my team size was smaller i used to interact with them on a daily basis on a project related work that was the first thing second thing was 
whatever task or project each of my team member works on i make sure that it is action oriented and there is a clearly defined problem statement and objective for them so for example if we are exploring a particular data set i'll make it very clear what is the problem statement how does it align to team's goals and priorities so that's the second thing third thing i do with my team is that provide regular feedback uh, in a timely manner and make sure it's constructive i don't wait for you know any uh, development meeting to happen in two months time to give them the feedback i i try and give them feedback right after anything happens and i always keep the feedback a two way process in the team so i provide them feedback and i proactively ask for feedback from the team the fourth thing i do is that uh, one day each month is kept for development conversation where i only focus on career conversation and yeah. uh, talk about development opportunities where they need my support and help i am committed to helping my team develop their skills i take out time to make sure that i help them achieve their goals and aspiration and the last thing and which is the very important thing is an important meeting which my team does on every friday and it is called a fun connect and we have been doing this meeting since april 2020 it's an informal connect and uh, we don't discuss work at all in this meeting and it is a last i have made sure that it is the last meeting of the week for all of us so we come together we discuss weekend plans we do jokes and everybody loves to be part of that uh, meeting you know it's a 30 minute connect we do every week so i would say that in summary what helped me to better in this new role which i started a couple of years back and i have been able to have a team which is highly motivated and engaged three things one was being very clear on objectives and goal and share the same with the team this is a critical exercise and uh, i think everybody should spend some time in outlining the objectives and goals uh, for for yourself and for the team second is have a very frequent clear and consistent communication with your stakeholders and spend time in building and nurturing those relationships with your stakeholders i don't take it lightly it it's the most important thing because you don't know your stakeholders in future might become your sponsors and help you grow so much in your career so take that very very seriously last thing is take care of your team your team is the one which is going to help you deliver on all the goals and priorities you have want to achieve in the team right so just make sure they are motivated and engaged in the right way Yeah and thank you so much for for sharing these insights there is so much to to unpack in there and so much food for thoughts i i love it to close this episode i always ask the guests if they they could share any resource that they use for their personal and professional development and i know we spoke about how you're learning but do you have any resource that you could share so i actually uh, uh read a lot of hbr articles harvard business review articles i think uh, they are a good mix of uh, business strategy and leadership right so that is my go to place if i want to learn so so for example uh, if i want to learn about how to have a good development conversation with your team member i'll just google it with hbr and there are like plenty of good articles you will find over there so hbr is a good source for me be it for business strategy or for leadership behaviors right second is linkedin learning i used to utilize a lot of uh, linkedin courses which are there so that's another source for me otherwise google is there right if i want to learn something i'll just google it and it will pop up for me and i can utilize all of that thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today it was a pleasure to speak with you thank you so much karen for speaking to me today i thoroughly enjoyed and i hope there will be some people who might pick few things from my career journey and uh, it might make a difference to their life There is plenty don't worry there there was a lot in there thank you so much thank you so much Karen thank you for your time
Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.